Welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Hello, listeners. Oh, hi. It's a role reversal day today. Sure is. Apparently. I am going to be doing the interviewing. By popular demand, <laughs> our listeners oh, yeah. have requested to know a little bit more about our little Laura over there. Little Laura. <laughs> Do you like the alliteration of little Laura? Maybe that's why I've been called little Laura often. Yeah. 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 That's cool. It. Well, cool. that's, yeah. So I'm not actually in the other seat, but I kind of am for this episode, I suppose. Yeah, you are. And you just have to answer the questions. <laughs> That I ask. Sure. I like mm-hmm. to see that you've come prepared with your questions. Oh, baby. I'm a professional. <laughs> you, you're riffing around with your questions. You need extra am. help with those as well. I am. No, I'm good. I, I have my questions them. in my head. Oh, okay. And I'm happy to see where things go as well organically. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you've so, me with pizza. I did. I'm here for the talk. And the pizza. And the pizza. And the pizza. That I was, brought goods this time. You did. We brought <laughs> offerings. Yep. We've got well, special podcast candle now and some crystals. And, and a shell. And a shell. <laughs> <laughs> to try and appease the podcast. 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 <laughs> the technology god. And I burnt some Palo Santo on arrival. Favourite. Yep. Mm. So, Laura. Yes, Tracy. <laughs> a question came in yesterday that I want to start off with and, and, and that hopefully will loosen you up a little bit. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm, I'm not loose. <laughs> Lucy Laura. Lucy. <laughs> There's a new one. So. Mm, go on. One listener, I believe it's Kylie, would like to know, how has your relationship with spirituality changed since becoming friends with me? Oh, lots of ways. It's strengthened. It's become more of a thing that I acknowledge rather than just, oh, I like the sound of that. Oh, oh, that's always felt right. That's where it started. Has your meaning changed? It's become more meaningful. And I've acknowledged what I've done up until the point of meeting you as a psychic medium. I've acknowledged that path, um, looking at it from a different level. Like I'd never heard of the term you're a healer, like you said to me in my first reading. I was like, am I? And you're like, well, yeah. It was so obvious to you. But I'm like, well, I'm a nurse. Like, of course, that's part of healing people. But the term and stuff, like I've never, yeah, I've never acknowledged things in that spiritual space. And I've never um, considered myself as a spiritual being the way you acknowledge things in a more practical way spiritual kind of sense if that makes any sense at all yeah so you have like it sounds like you're trying to say that you haven't merged the two together before no absolutely not a spiritual being having a human experience which you know I yes you love it when I say that because it's so true Mm, but that's probably what yep shifted yep yeah yep my understanding around why I have done everything that I've done or why I was drawn to everything I was drawn to um, acknowledging that and seeing it f- and understanding it from a different space mm-hmm. has allowed me to go further, I think. Yeah. But that's what it feels like to me anyway. Yeah. 
and it's been able to um, acknowledge the sort of things that I always thought to be true in a way that was like you were almost like my science going, yeah, it is true, that you don't 100% die. There is part of you that lives on and goes up and into the ether and you have this evolution. Like I always had that feeling or always had that thought process that you're not 100% gone. The curiosity as well. So curious all the time about everything. But Hence this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I was brought up Catholic and um, as was my mum. And over in South America, it got me more curious about where I came from as well because mum has always been Catholic, always believed in God, was very much involved with her church and religion growing up because that's just what you did, that's what you do. Um, but she had lots of questions and some of the times they weren't answered to the best of their ability and it didn't um, it didn't really satisfy her thirst for knowledge but she was shut down to the point of, um, well, I haven't lost faith in my faith but I've lost a little bit of faith in that side of the Catholic religion but then she met some really beautiful priests as well which sort of restored her faith but then she was able to just do what she's comfortable with so she wasn't someone that goes to church every weekend Um, and some people very close to her say well you're not practicing or well you're not really Catholic then are you but she's strong enough to go well yeah the world is my church this is you don't need to sit in a building and that sort of thing. So seeing her do that, I've always had, you know, I believe what I believe in and it's slightly different to my mum, but I was always brought up in a house where I had that opportunity to choose as well. So freedom. Yeah. And then, you know, with dad, I used to always, you know, say, you know, do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in aliens? And he's like, well, Lara, I've never seen one. And I always say I believe it when I see it, but I don't not believe it either. I'm just open. Like we're always just been curious and accepting and whatever and then I had a I had my nan who swears blind she saw a couple of UFOs in her time so it's always been there but it's never been deeper but since meeting someone like you I'm like see bloody hell of course it is it's all there (laughs) like definitely and I love that I got to meet you and be friends with you and get to know you and not knowing any that any of that about you and then we just got to re-meet again and I was like, oh, I've always wanted to know someone that had these bloody answers. <laughs> <laughs> and for those people that aren't listening, uh, that haven't listened to previous episodes because yes. they're naughty and they don't do the chronological order, thank <laughs> you to everyone who has let me know since that episode that you do or you don't. I've enjoyed it. It's totes fine. Um, just tell people um, how we met and that dynamic quickly. Yep, we met at a gym, at a little private gym that we both went to after having children. You'd had three, you'd just had your last. And I had... seven years ago now. Yeah, yeah. And um, my eldest was two at the time. And we were exercising mums and um, doing all kinds of um, interval training, high-intensity interval training. Every day, five days a week. Yeah, yeah. But boxing was pretty cool. You taught me how to box. You were very patient with me, but... I ended up being pretty good. I have That's to be how the story you goes. <laughs> You're incredibly patient with me. I'm always like You're incredibly a bit patient with me. Impressed with how patient you are with me. 
I'm impressed with how patient you are with me. I, I'm actually impressed with how patient you are with everybody. I can That's be one patient, of your greatest virtues. Except for with my husband. But then I've got the proof with that because I waited a long time before we got married. Yeah. But I'm pretty impatient. He's sometimes. incredibly patient with you. Yeah. Yes, he is. I will acknowledge that. And thank you for highlighting that, Tracy. <laughs> but is he patient with everyone? Huh? Like he's, he's impatient. Yes. He's patient with everyone. He is a patient person he as is. well. He's very accepting. Mm. Yeah. He's just a go with the flow kind of dude. That's what I love about him. Mm. One so, of the things. Yeah. Would you like to go off on a tangent? <laughs> I could. You can but... if you want to. <laughs> like, this is your this is your episode. Oh, do what you want to do. I, I love how I've got my own episode. And <laughs> it feels really weird. It is super weird. Hey? It is. Like yeah. I almost feel like I need to be sitting in that chair <laughs> and it feels like I have to, con- like this is the pressure you're under every week. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Strange. It's not pressure. Mm. It's not. And it's it's easy. Like you said, it's easy to talk about stuff you know about. Chatting. And I know myself. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. We, then the gym, I left the gym. Well, the And then gym, the gym closed. Yes. I left first. Oh, did you? Yeah. And then the gym shut yeah. down. So we, we f- went out of contact for two or three years. Well, we were Facebook friends, but we got on. Actually, during the time we were at the gym, we had a beach play date with the kids, I remember. And you don't remember that? I don't remember It was that. at the Haven. I don't remember that. Oh, well, I thought it was super nice of you to think of me and invite me somewhere outside of the gym. Like we became friends mm. as, you know, tired mums can become friends that are, you know, running around after their own kids. But we did always get on. and um, But then we were just Facebook friends. We had the same sense of humour from the get-go. Did we? Yeah. yeah. Well, we must have. Yeah, we did. <laughs> it doesn't change. <laughs> Some things don't change. But, yeah, so we always got on. Um, and then after my second baby was born, um, and there's four and a bit years between my two, um, I joined a mother's group and there was some cool chicks in my mother's group that were into all things metaphysical and one of them, her name's Sarah. Hi, Sarah. She listens to the show. She said, oh, my God, with my other mother's group, we had a spirits and spirit night, we called it, and we brought this um, medium around and we just had a couple of drinks and we had her do a group reading and she was amazing. She's so accurate. I was like, oh, my God, that sounds so fun. We should do it. And a few of us girls were like, yeah, we'll do it. And so I show up to this spirits and spirits night. There was like 20 of you as well. There was a a few. And, um, and then in trots Tracy, my friend from the gym. (laughs) So in our phones, we're like, I'm still Tracy Jim. Yeah. And you're still Mike Lowry, so that I could remember your name. It hasn't changed. <laughs> Mike Lowry. Uh, Mike Lowry. Uh, and so, and I remember that night, the only thing that I remember was the Machu Picchu thing. Yeah. And. Which was just literally when you connected with me. Yeah. You saw Machu Picchu. Mm. And I had no real yeah. idea of your background yeah. or your cultural, yeah. you know, heritage or anything. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the only thing that I really remember being um, about you that night, apart from the fact that, oh, my God, I saw Laura. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of met back up after that and then it was just. It was on. It was on, like Donkey Kong. Yeah. It was like slowly, slowly. I think we had a little, another play date in the park where yeah, it was like, that. hi. <laughs> <laughs> and then. And maybe another one that I went and had a disastrous family vacation to Fiji, which was 
horrendous. So bad. Um, Not because of any one incident, but I was really sick, had pneumonia a few times. Um, I was, as a result of that, extremely unhappy and made everyone probably around me very miserable. And I came back and that's when I like put my money on the table with you. I'm like, give me a reading. (laughs) (laughs) Like I booked myself in properly. I was like, Tracy, I just, I need some direction. I need to see where I'm at and why I'm at and how I can get out of this because I ain't happy. Mm. Uh, so we did. We pretty much cleared the slate and you're like, well, you're actually at a new beginning type thing, <laughs> which is also death of everything else. Daring rebirth. <laughs> yeah. So that happened and it's been great. Not only have I what? – what's that? And what about face? the pneumonia situation? Yeah. So that was interesting. Before meeting you, I'd had pneumonia – Actually, as a kid, I've had pneumonia. I've always had asthma. I've always had that's one area of my body that I'm, I'm definitely weak in. But, yeah, um, I've had, I had pneumonia like three times in four years. And, and this so sick. Like so sick. Really, yeah. And incorrectly treated as well. Wasn't on the right antibiotics and that sort of thing and was picked up really late. I actually, um, the first time I got really sick with it, I was hallucinating at home and I saw a unicorn dancing through the lounge room. <laughs> this was before you and I had really met. Maybe it was, maybe it was I just Stacey. Because <laughs> I do refer to Tracy as my unicorn sometimes, or as a unicorn, not necessarily mine. Yeah. Sometimes you're mine. Anyway, so that just made me remember that. I, Yeah, um, Lucy was only tiny and... My GP practice had moved from one building to the other and I drove out to my GPs because I couldn't get them on the phone, but their phone was playing up. So I had driven there and just parked outside the old building thinking they might be in there and then I drove down to the new one. I tried ringing, it was ringing out and I just walked in. I was like, I am sick. Sick. I can't breathe. I'm having heart palpitations. Like just anyway. Um, I'm dying. My my GP ended up like ringing around the radiology places to try and get me in for a chest X-ray, and it was only she didn't send me to ED because I'm a nurse and I had to be a little bit more dying before I would just trot into ED. In retrospect, I should have just gone to ED a few days prior to this scenario <laughs> happening. In retrospect, it could have been a few days yep. earlier. Yeah. But they x-rayed both of us because Luce at the time was unwell as well. Mm. And, yeah, our lungs lit up like Christmas trees and there it was. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, so our listeners aren't here to hear my whole medical history. Mm. But anyway, so that something that you highlighted, that area, and it, the repetition of it was all about... Grief. Grief. Yeah. And being able to release. Yeah. And to go with it. Yes. As well. Because you were trying to suppress it. You were trying to ignore it. You were trying to forget about it. Yes. Rather than just letting it run its course. I and just not wanted be to skirt it. around it and move on. Yeah. Without going through and it. And the meaning that you'd given it was exacerbating it and keeping it coming back. And it yep. was trying to teach you a lesson. And yep. so every winter or every <laughs> autumn, it would sort of come back. And then by winter, you would have pneumonia. And. Mm-hmm. But then also at the same time as that, you had one of your other friends from that mother's group, that same mother's group who um, has her own way with spirit, also contact you randomly about 
um, some... She does past life. Yes, um, and some heart chakra stuff and ancestral stuff that needed to come up. So what was really interesting to me was to watch that your healers were showing up for you at that time, all at the same time, um, to move it and to get rid of it. And you haven't been sick since. No. Like you haven't had pneumonia since that time. No. It's been awesome. It's been so good. So good. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess... um, in terms of, of yeah. understanding like the link between spirituality and energy and your physical human experience, yep. do you feel that you're definitely much more in flow and um, aligned and aware of Definitely more of, aware. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah, I'm my own proof yeah. for how that can um, manifest in one's body. And definitely more aware that um, ancestral trauma is a thing too huge um especially in my case so that was interesting yeah because that almost sounds like another thing that you're grasping to to believe in but for me it was super real yeah and when we spoke when we did the uh the chakra episode where I spoke about how you've got that ancestral trauma sitting in there yep People who haven't listened to that episode yet can go back and have a bit of a listen to that. But one of the other things that people did highlight that they wanted us to talk about was to do an episode on ancestral trauma and ancestors and things and past lives as well. So we're going to add that in for sure. I love all that stuff. So as someone who, as a career, works in the healthcare industry as a registered nurse and now clinical nurse educator. Yes. How do you find that your your everyday day-to-day role as a healer (laughs) has changed. Has it changed, do you think, like on the job? Um, The level of awareness of the spiritual side of it and that my level of personal self-awareness definitely comes into play. I'm more aware of, of the effect I have on people but of the more um everyone's effect has on everybody else all those interpersonal skills the webs yeah that you bang on about um it's one thing to know learn and especially in operating theaters there's you know a small room full of very highly functioning very intelligent professionals doing a very intense procedure most of the time their levels of responsibility are huge the stakes are extremely high there's a lot of pressure every single day and you're meant to interact with every single one of them and when things um, not necessarily go wrong but not to plan, it just stri- like it heightens already elevated stress levels to even through the roof um, and watching how people deal with that or don't deal with that um, and not being able to take that personally and actually being able to help situations my understanding of all of that um, has made a difference in the way I work and especially the way I teach others as well. And that's brought um, that's brought your focus to a different area in, in your career yes, as well. absolutely. So talk yep. to us a little bit about that. I'm much more interested. I've, I've done a lot of work on my um, own self-awareness and just overall well-being uh, for health professionals in general on a day-to-day basis um, basis. There's a lot of information out there on resilience. There's a lot of information on self-awareness. What there isn't is um, 
ways to learn how to apply that to your work setting or to even your own personal situation because once you have that knowledge, it's up to us to apply that the best way we know how. We can't have someone in our little back pocket telling us everything we need to do. Um, But what we can do is figure out who we are. and Be self-accountable. Yeah, um, what we need to do, what we can do ourselves and um, sort out where we can go for extra help. And when I looked around my workplace, there wasn't a lot set up for the actual staff in the in our own mental health sort of well-being sphere on a day-to-day basis. Um, we lost our staff um, counsellor, and um, that was a whole not just our department; it was the whole hospital, it was the whole area health service changed over to. a a different system, which meant we didn't have one person face-to-face. We, um, you know, we had an app, we had a phone, we had a 24-7 hotline, but it wasn't that face-to-face service that people... um, Personal. Yeah, were looking for, and it was a whole new way of trying to access that, which is is there, but still nothing in unit. So we, I looked a lot at debriefing in other areas, in the ambulance, in the armed forces, um, the police force, anywhere that popped up on debrief. I sort of searched categories on um, vicarious trauma, um, compassion fatigue, a lot of the things that I was feeling but observing as well and how can we do that in our own workplace, how can we support one another, how can we support ourselves. So I am. In a way that's going to work. In a way that, yeah, um, and it, it's not without its um, barriers because there's always going to be barriers of time because before we look after ourselves, we're, we're looking after a patient that's asleep that has absolutely 100% faith in everyone else, which is us taking care of them. So they will always come first and rightly so. And we have to build ourselves up around that in order to be our best self so we can provide that care. And just on that, sorry, so Laura specifically works in the Department of Theatres. So yes. So that's, that's, you know, not obviously not all nurses. Yes. Uh, <laughs> operating theatres. Are in, are in operating theatres and dealing with people who are asleep. <laughs> yes. Good point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we introduced a um, project. I introduced a project called Hot Debriefing and it's a collegial chat aimed at um, debriefing one another after a critical incident. Um, and so that was sort of a two-part project because I needed to find like-minded staff to become advocates to run these sessions and we all needed to be on the same page about the steps that we would roll through and how that would look like. And that is still, you know, a project it's still happening. Like we're still learning. We're still trying to figure it all out. Um, but You've the staff see it know. In the real world working. Yeah, and the staff know that that's available. So if you know if shit goes down, if and when shit goes down, there's something there that people will hopefully flag and go, oh, there is this hot debriefing. Let's ask about it. Let's have it. There's pamphlets there. You can almost do it yourself. Like you just got to read the steps. If you've got an advocate that's done a bit of work with me or we've done things together, then then they'll put their hand up and say, yeah, come here, we'll make it a thing. And so what kind of things did you include in that hot debriefing? Well, the seven steps are fairly um, well based around like hot debriefing as a thing. So you've got to 
create an appropriate space. You've got to set out some ground rules about safety. Um, unless something is a real safety thing that you should report, then it usually stays confidential um, and people should be aware of that. And then you acknowledge the event is step two. So you get every participant that, that wants to interact uh, to summarise what happened from go to woe. And for some people, they'll want to talk and for other people, they'll just want to sit there. But by the end of that step, you all agree that that is the true story. That is, that's what's happened. Um, and then there's team talk. So you've got to do as a team, what did we do well as a team? What could we improve for next time? And then step four is to talk about your emotions, your emotional response. And again, some rooms you'll hear crickets because no one's willing to share. Um, other rooms you'll have criers. So it just depends everyone's in between that and for some people they're not even reacting they're still frozen and so it um there's the opportunity there just to build a bit of self-awareness and knowledge that that is a normal response as well and even if you're fine now or not fine now two hours from now four hours six hours tomorrow 24 hours it could be different and that's normal you're not crazy that's a predictable response to this so and in that hot briefing being able to hear that yes it is part of that exactly that point yeah uh and so that pamphlet that you have yes that goes out what yep. is on that pamphlet that um all the steps plus um there's the square breathing mm -hmm. as well tactical breathing square breathing whatever it is that you want to call it so that we teach it in the riv boot camp as well but it's yeah. four breaths in then you hold your breath for four seconds then four breaths not four breaths out for you count four out exhale for four seconds and then you hold for another four mm -hmm. you do the four rounds of that mm -hmm. so and that has a physiological response um, it turns your prefrontal cortex back on again, which goes offline when you go into fight, flight or freeze and you go back into survival mode, so your rational thinking process switches off. It's that sympathetic nervous system. Yeah. You're just using your different nervous systems. Yep. And so by slowing your breath down, you're able to symbol symbolise to your body that you're no longer in threat. And you, your prefrontal cortex comes back online, rational thought, all of a sudden I can think a bit more clearer. Mm -hmm. And there's so many science studies to back that up. And I love the way Brené Brown described it in an interview she did um, with Gwyneth Paltrow on The Goop. And because she is so science and she is so research-based and she said, look, I just, I'm researching for whatever project she was doing, um, habits of extremely capable, resilient people that have high-stake jobs, yet they remain calm. What is their secret? How are they remaining calm, even though they're under intense amounts of pressure? What are they doing? So um, she – and how do, you, how do you remain – like how do you sustain that? So she – not that yoga teachers and, what, and meditation teachers have higher-pressure jobs, but she was interviewing them – to research how they were able to maintain that or how you obtain that to begin with. And they were talking about breath this four-second breath, four second breath work, this square breathing. And she's like, well, how do you do that? Well, you breathe in for four seconds, you hold for four seconds, you breathe out for four seconds, you hold for four seconds. She's like, oh, that sounds like bullshit to me. I just, whatever, I, I can't resonate with that at all. So she went to the Navy SEALs. Oh, how do you stay calm in high-pressure situations? Oh, it's really good. We have this really simple technique. 
that we use. What is that? Well, it's called tactical breathing. Oh, shit, I like the sound of tactical breathing. What is it? Well, you breathe in for four seconds, you hold out for four seconds. Yeah, so it was the same thing, just, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, um, she described it really, really well. And so that's on the pamphlet as a take-home. So this pamphlet goes through each step. It has that on it. It has some numbers on it to call and it just has some little notes on it to um, have people think about their response can change and remember a reminder for confidentiality and touch base with everybody if you want to do that. You know, before you leave, ask somebody, do you want me to see how you're going in a, you know, tomorrow if I see you or would you rather me not say anything? Because it can be really awkward if you're sitting across the table from someone in the tea room the very next day and you want to say, how are you going? But you're in a room with lots of other people and, you know, that person was super upset the day before. They might not want that. So it's good to sort of yeah. sort all that stuff out. Yeah. And so from like an outsider's perspective looking at that, you know, like you know how incredibly in awe and proud I am of you oh, being able you. to create that, especially yeah. in a government system. Yes. Um, as well as your um your own um your own internal battle with feeling confident to to be in that space like (laughs) I obviously I'm privy to all of that stuff yeah but from the outside looking in regardless of of that um what I see in that pamphlet but what I also see in that hot debrief process is bringing people to the present moment centering them grounding them helping their root chakra know that it is safe and it is home and right here right now you are fine and you are okay it's checking in with that sacral as well, where it's that intimate situation where you can trust that your surroundings are, are, are trustworthy and that there, there are other ways to deal with the situation, which is the creativity. And then there's the solar plexus, which is, you know, like what is, what is, what is happening for you? Talk to me about what's happening to you, for you, not what, not what you're pretending or you think needs to need you to be to behave. How are you behaving? How are you feeling? And then there's the heart chakra. So it's that kindness and that compassion to share, but also to show yourself that you have a second to, to take this time for yourself. Yes, you've got to be there and responsible for this person whose lives in your hands, but your life is also in your hands as well. And then you're giving people an opportunity to speak using their throat chakra and speak their truth. And so for people who are more spiritually mm-hmm. aligned or aware or self-aware, they will use all of those things and it will teach them very quickly to to come back to those things. And and so you're giving them a framework that is just, it's like one-ups for the boot camp, like kind of, it's <laughs> like a one-up for, for the healthcare professionals. But, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. But for, for the ones that don't, they're still subliminally receiving this information that's there that's awakening their spirit whether they like it or not it's the exposure to it making the time for it um and i guess there is a step after that that's called finding the silver lining so even though you might have been served a shit sandwich there is something in there how can you hold it so it serves you not so it hurts you find it Yeah. yeah yeah i love it and i just think like it it just really um it it sets my heart on fire when when I see that um, when I see that you as a healer have found um, found as a light worker you've found your own way to be a lighthouse in in a in a uh, in an organization or a situation that many people can't. 
and it's I know they can't. Hard. <laughs> well, and, and I know they can't, you yeah. know, and to hear you have colleagues from other hospitals ring yes, up and request. to share it. Yeah. yeah. You know. Well, this project wasn't, you know, wholly and solely my creation. I had help too from other hospitals when I was doing my research. So that's what I love too. But would it be here if it wasn't for you? No. Yeah, true. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Own it. Just take it. Just take it. <laughs> I just want to acknowledge that. I know, know I know. And, of... and that's there too, yep. you know, like it's like me being doing what I do. Like I, I can't do it by myself. Don't yeah. just give me all the credit. I'm not a <laughs> unicorn without my team and my stuff and my life. Yeah, but it is. Same thing. It's a, it is a, an amazing space to be in to be able to do that. You're right. Yeah, because it's. Right. <laughs> I quite often do um, sometimes get stuck in the things that I can't do mm. that you can so plainly see would be great, um, you know, so much potential. <laughs> so this is something that I could do and that I did do and that I continue to do because uh, there are barriers. Time is, one, is the biggest one, trying to find time to do it. Yeah. Even trying to find time to train the advocates has been difficult, but you know, you do what you can. That's right. So that's what we, where I have to be okay with is just doing what I can. And sometimes you can like, um, you can lead people to the water, but you can't make them drink. Yes. Uh, and that's not a reflection on you or, or the, or the wisdom or the light. It's, it, it really is no reflection at all. Um, it just is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's no, there now. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and so what about like on the family front, you know, like yeah. your dynamic as a mother and as a wife and as a daughter and a sister and a friend, like mm-hmm. how has um, your 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 post or... or uh, My spirituality. Yeah, how has, how has that affected your life? In every sense. I'm a much better wife <laughs> and mum. We might have um, to it's, the <laughs> it's the self-awareness. It's the self-awareness. We should interview the mats. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. We're doing that. We're coming for you. Everybody, all listeners, you're going to get to know the whole family. Um, no, self-awareness on a different level. On the spiritual level, there is, like you say, there's no shortcuts. You, If you want to, I don't even know another word for progress because you don't progress your spirituality, but you deepen it, I suppose. If you want to do that, which um, I do, I did, I, you know, it's a continual process, but there's there's only one way and that's acknowledging where you're at and where you can improve and what you need to work on. And I was definitely um, a martyr all the time. That was my default, was a martyr. But I was also a people pleaser as well, so that was difficult to... Um, to learn and then to learn ways around that. I don't know. I beat it out of you pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> I had therapy as well. <laughs> I had Tracy. <laughs> saw a therapist. My naturopath did counselling as well. So that was good. Needed it. Um, but, yeah, so I don't have to. I don't have to do everything. I always had a very willing, capable husband that was more than happy to pull his weight. It was me saying, I'll oh, just do it. So just learning to share that power 
And it was all just trying to control a situation that I couldn't control, but I couldn't stop trying to not control it either. Yeah. But yeah. also, and, and being able to learn receive. Oh, yeah. That was a big one. Mm. Yep. Learning to receive. Mm. Yep. <laughs> I love the smile you're giving me. It's true, though. Um, I don't even know where to, where to begin. Well, because... what you were just talking about is a lot the early stages of that coming to fruition in terms of when we do everything for everyone else, it's because we that there is an element to not being able to receive. So when you get a, get aside all of the martyr stuff and you get aside all the control stuff and you get aside everything else, what's left is shit. Now I have to have people give to me or do for me or show yeah. me or um, play for me or work for me or provide for me. And it's just like, oh, this is new. Yeah. And it's like getting sick. I had to receive help. And correct. I couldn't do everything. And I think becoming a parent for me was um, mm. one of the biggest things because I was fine. And then all of a sudden I was responsible for a life. And then not fine. <laughs> I just knew nothing. I couldn't have told you what way was up. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is such a common um, yet um, such an isolating feeling, but it's so common, but it's so isolating at the same time. Yeah. Like nearly everyone goes through it, yeah. but everyone feels so alone when they are, even yeah. though everyone else is going through it too. It really brings out the tools that you're using to gain more control or not using for me it was just well I have to try and be the answer to everything all the time because then I feel like I'm in semi in control but I was never in control yeah well the more then that's with everybody you know the more someone tries to hold on to control the more out of control they feel or believe that they are yeah the tighter they hold and still not knowing what to do, though. Like, yeah. I had a very, very unsettled baby that didn't yeah. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And then when, when you move through different stages of life, that's not your present moment anymore. Yeah. But you're still behaving as if it was. Yeah. And not, not evolving and moving. Yeah. So there was all of that. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I have a I have a beautiful family and and that's, you know, everyone has stuff and that was all of my stuff. So being able to um dig all that out of the closet and clean it all out and you know, designing new ones has been pretty fun. Mm. Um and what about manifesting? Yeah. What have you manifested into your life? Um well, uh I started my work project when I was doing my usual job on the floor in theatres but I ended up getting the position I'm working in now which means a lot more work hours but I got my project done and I probably got it done to a much higher level than what I could have done anywhere else so I manifested a new job and the house um that again probably wasn't a solo effort (laughs) most manifestations aren't yeah yeah you manifested a podcast the podcast just happened. You manifested it. <laughs> I don't know. I still feel as though you sowed a seed. <laughs> I sowed... I, what? Well, remember you got me listening to my favourite murder mm. and then I don't know who said it first. We should just record our conversations because we're, we're funny too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that was our text messages. 
Was it? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. I, I remember saying to you that we should share our text messages because oh, they're fucking hilarious. Because yeah. we would just spend, like, you would be at your house on your couch and I would be at my house on my couch. We'd both be sitting next to a mat and we'd both just be giggling for, like, yeah. hours because it was just our text messages back and forth. It was just the, the memes. <laughs> All the time. Oh, um, it's funny. I remember saying that, but I remember you saying, um, I wish that, I, we could have our own podcast so I could just ask you questions. Oh, there you go. So it didn't buy you into Tracy Laura time. And you said, okay, what Done. would it be called? <laughs> I was like, I think I'll just call it Turns Out She's Psychic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, what's stopping you? <laughs> when do we start? Yeah. And here well, we are. Like, what stopped me was the first two episodes that we had recorded quite some time before we actually released it because all I could hear was me going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in the background. When you're talking to someone in real life, those sounds are okay, but when they're in someone's ear holes that are listening in on a conversation, it turns out it's really annoying. Turns out. And I did ask Matt, do you think we could just turn my mic off and like edit a it? button yeah. on and off? <laughs> no. <laughs> So I have been trying to improve on that. but And then I think it was the second episode or even the third one when you were nose breathing through the microphone. You oh, could just hear you breathing. Yes, yes, yeah. So there's all these things. It's probably really good when people find our podcast. They don't go Don't to the do chronological order. Because the first one is not reflective of where we are at now. Mm. But, you know, well done if you've stuck with us and you started at the first one. Um, and... How do you feel about having um, someone, so me, like this yep. someone is me, but how do you <laughs> feel about having someone like me who is who I am and what I do as someone who is really important in your life, someone that's close to you? How What's it like to be on that end? A privilege because I know how do you hold your space and time. Um, so yeah, that's a privilege. So that's the, like, that's the nice answer. That's the honor, (laughs) um, and a privilege. I feel the same. Like I, I cherish our friendship. Um, cause I know your, I know, I know you. You know me. Yeah. Um, so it is a privilege. It is an honor, but also it's really fucking hard. Like I respect what you do and I respect you so much and the amount of times I stop myself because I'm not going to ask you things. And so, but I'm like, fuck, no, don't take the easy way out and don't put her in that position. And she'd just say no anyway. <laughs> about your life. Yeah, about everything. And, and I don't want to. Like I have got to that stage where I don't want to know mm. certain things. Some things would be really nice to know, but then you, it's just like reading a really good book and then you rush it to the end and you're like, well, fuck, now I know how it's going to end. Like what? now the joy of knowing everything in between is gone. So, so that's tricky sometimes though. And a lot of the time I'm tempted to cheat and ask you things, but I know you would never stoop your integrity. Like you would just say, Larry, no, I can't answer that. And I think, and I've never heard you say that and I never want to put you in a position to have you say that. Mm. Yeah. Well, because you know that I have been put in that position before and I don't appreciate it and it hurts. But I think, yeah, and and I respect mm. you so much and what you do and, and that's why I love you because I do understand, I mean, every industry has its credible sources and not credible sources and you are like you have such a high integrity and you have such a high standard and 
you you won't and i you know you so other much. people would and they're not my people <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you're in you know it, you're it's tempting sometimes but i don't want to know yeah i think i think you would you well i think and well i would hope that you would know this that there's no way that i would let you go walk into fire like not knowingly no yeah um well but i hope not <laughs> but you know i think i may have said it a few times before on the podcast over the time but you know there are times where it it's very obvious to me that i am you're cheerleading you i'm say. urging yeah yep. you know i don't get subtlety either though i know you, uh, you've, you've witnessed me not, not get, get subtlety from other people you are so fucking switched on but just <laughs> I'm not know. in that area i don't know what it is <laughs> honestly it's painful. I wish I was. I don't wish I was anyone else, to be honest, but it's just like, come on, wake up, Larry. So naive. <laughs> well, sometimes. I appreciate that, considering I just sprung this on you, like literally in the last 24 hours, 12 hours, 24 yes. hours, that I would be doing this on, for you. You did. Um, and for our listeners. Mm. Um, and I appreciate your. Um, your candid um responses but also um you know for our listeners out there our relationship is something that like I've never experienced anything like our friendship before and I don't get to see um other examples of the type of friendship that we have in many other places either like um I see bonds that people have um but I think it's very rare that people can find someone that they can do so much with like we work together we our families love each other and spend time together yeah um we share secrets and vulnerability and I'm not a vulnerable person as a whole but to Laura I know that it's one place that I can apart from my husband but it's one place that vulnerability is going to be held safely and um that I'm safe with you and for that I want to thank you, like with all my heart oh. and my soul and my spirit and everything in between, my past lives and ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like it's um, our friendship is quite rare, uh, and um, it's not something that I hold on a pedestal either. Though it's something that each and every day I try and stay present with, and I know that as yep. a, as a friend, I can be probably quite difficult um, in lots of areas because. I am, I am private, um, and and I am a strange one, um, and I do have a billion different things going on at once, and so I know that it's not easy to love me, and I know that it's oh, not easy. I don't know about that. Well, I know it's not. I know it's not. Um, and so I really appreciate, and I don't know what I did to um, to have the universe bring me someone like you because you are. So you're probably the most compassionate and kind and thoughtful person I've literally ever met in my life. I can, like, see Matt smirking going, really? You'd be married to her. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, I am married to her. <laughs> um, I think we were in another life, I'm sure. Um, but, no, honestly, like, I think, like, I see how you are, the way that you consider other people. Uh, it's just like the first thing you do is consider other people. It's like I've never met anyone else that's just that's their first thing is your go-to is to consider other people first. And that's so rare these days. Most people are considering themselves or, you know, 
like illusions of themselves or illusions of other people of what's going on rather than what's actually happening and you're a feeling person and and mm. I think that um I think that that's that that's special and and I love that naivety about you when it comes to that um and it never ceases to amaze me when I when I see you have the opportunity to do that because it's just it's something that I just really admire because I know that that's not me <laughs> so I look at it and I'm like that is such an admirable quality um but also I just um I also value the fact that you see me as a space that can hold space for you to speak your truth to and to just let you be who you are and vice versa. And there's no judgment ever. Um, and we can take the piss out of each other and mm -hmm. we can, you know, call each other up and pull each other's head in. Um, yeah. I like it, that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, um, it's just how we roll. And I, and yeah, <laughs> I think we're pretty fucking lucky. Thank you, Tracy. I I agree that it's rare to find a, a real solid friendship. I've got some solid friends and I've had them for a very long time yeah. and I treasure that and, and that's what I see in you as well and it's so hard to make such a close bond with someone when you are, not that we're, you know, later on in life, I don't want to say that, but it's easy to make friends from a young age and it's hard to keep them as you change into an adult and you evolve into who you are and to um, meet someone that's done that. Fuck, it's refreshing and fuck, it's so nice to be able to just be honest with someone and, and like you said, call someone out on the shit. Like, you call me out on my shit and that's okay. Like, I don't turn around and go, oh, you're such, such a, a bitch. bitch. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck, yep, yeah, thanks. And with the whole no judgment thing, like, there's no, there's never any games. It's it's so nice to know that there's, you know, no judgment for doing this, that or the other or you've really taught me um, to to love myself more too, just for who I am and what I am. And my husband does too. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just, it is what it is. So it's nice to not, you know, to drop all the, the pretenses to, to say hoorah to my people pleaser, because I don't need to be that or do that or be anything else except me. Mm. And it's just nice and refreshing. It's easy. So easy. So light. Yeah. Yep. And then when it's not, it'll just be like, mm, come on. You have pulled me up on a few things when I have a bit of a whinge. You're like, yeah, but what did you do? How were you there? I'm like, yeah, shut up, Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so, you pull yeah. me up too. It's not It's not just me pulling you up. You pull me up too. Well, I hope so. I try and catch oh, you, you out do. every now and again. You do. You do. Laura is very considerate and makes sure that I'm considering myself and well, making sure that yeah. that everything is is working in in order and and not like being um, out of balance and um, well, it's, again it's just mm. that consideration and that thoughtfulness. It's just the forefront in my mind. I have learnt um, to take care of myself so much better since meeting you yeah. and since becoming more spiritual. And, and that's not just, you know, I read very recently self-care isn't, especially for mums, especially for new mums, self-care isn't taking care of your basic needs. Mm. Self-care is not that. Self-care is not shopping solo. Did you tag me in that or did I read Maybe. that separately? It might yeah, have been. You might have tagged me. Because like how many times... Is yeah. it said, oh, you know, mum went and had a solo shopping visit, that's self-care? No, it's well, not. Well, dad babysat. 
Yeah, you don't babysit your own kids. No, Anyhow, no. Um, that's not self-care, but since I have definitely acknowledged my spirituality side, my self-care goes into the rituals that I have set up for myself, my little spirit space that I have set up for myself, the way that I honour myself, my journey, where I've been, where I'm going, how I take time, full moon, new moon, to actually consciously map that out, celebrate where I've been. Your crystal fetish. Yeah, I do. I've given myself permission <laughs> to buy pretty things. I've given many, myself. Many, many, many pretty things. It's, it's been another way where I can look after myself and my family and my whole family, Just learning more about, <laughs> more, but learning more about energy and how you can send that out and how it doesn't just, you don't have to be a byproduct of what you're going through, you know. You can really take some more of that power back. So, definitely. and in your new home, just quickly before we wrap it up. Yes. Um, um, what what did you do in your new home that you probably wouldn't have done if you hadn't had that spiritual sort of influence? <laughs> I don't know. You're leading me to something that you want me to say. Well, like, what did you do when you left your old house? And oh, I gave when... the old house a blessing, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, thanked it, thanked everything about that house and everything that it's given us Uh, and the new house, um, welcoming it in and just displaying gratitude for that as well and, and, you know, building every part of that essence of that house into where, thanking it for what it is and what we're going to make it be and is that what you wanted to hear? Yeah. (laughs) You've got a funny look on your face. It's that awareness of space. And sacred yes. space and yes. just honouring what it holds and, and what the new place is and mm-hmm. also the, the the people that are now living in the new the old house, you know, like making sure that it's a, a beautiful space yep. for her to live and less something for them. Yeah, yep. offering and, and yep. all that kind of stuff. Yep. And um acknowledging, you know, and like with Shannon from Asha Moon, like we had on last week, um, you know, just acknowledging um the present moment and and time and what's happening yep. and it's also beautiful to watch you do that and to have the opportunity to do that too. It's good fun. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And thanks for being there for me through Aww. all of it. And thanks listeners for being there through for through all of it. Through all of it for a whole <laughs> hour of it. My goodness, is anyone still here? And she can talk. <laughs> Girl can talk. Oh, is that what you feel like when I say that? (laughs) We definitely didn't go off on any tangents. No. So. So, as a reward (laughs) for making it this far through listening about me, we are going to share a ghost story. ready? Are you there? Stacy ready? <laughs> Hello. I don't know why I said it like that. Hello. I've recently begun to listen to the podcast and once I heard you welcome ghost stories, I thought, aha, finally someone who might be able to sort this out. I don't know if it's appropriate to include a question with the ghost story, so you can disregard that. If so, I'll try to be concise. 
This happened a couple of years ago. My childhood home is about 100 years old and my parents are its third owners. They raised a large family there and we were taught to be extremely religious but also extremely suspicious of anything spiritual or indefinable. We all had fairly unremarkable childhoods, no mysterious encounters, but it may be relevant to mention that over the years several family members developed issues with depression and other forms of mental illness. That could have been a side effect of the religion, of course. My nephew was also raised there from birth. He became verbal pretty early and when he was about two, maybe two, he abruptly began to refuse to go into the living room, which he'd always played in with no problem. He told us he didn't like the mean lady. We reacted the usual way. What? There's nobody in there. What mean lady? He was genuinely scared and sometimes wouldn't go in even if other family members were still sitting there. We racked our brains trying to think of a TV show he might have glimpsed with a scary lady or a character in a book. One night he was playing cheerfully in the hall next to the living room. Suddenly he started kind of yelping out saying, ow, 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 the way a kid does if their finger gets stuck in something. I rushed in and he was actually crying, saying the mean lady was pinching him and pulling his hair. You can tell when your kid is crying to get attention. He was not. That was when I started to consider, what if this is like, a real thing. I waited until one morning when he once again refused to go into the living room and I said, okay, I'll carry you in and you show me where the mean lady is. We walked in. Immediately, he fixed his eyes on an empty space and pointed and clung really tight to me. Then his eyes literally tracked empty space across the room as he pointed and then said, she went out a window. Okay, so obviously his mum and I, secretly because the other family members would have been horrified, started Googling. We threw the kitchen sink at it, crystals, sage, prayers, affirmations, singing, whatever. I don't know if it went away, but as he grew older, he stopped mentioning it or worrying about the living room. But that was what convinced me that I needed to seriously consider that there was a spiritual dimension to life, and I've been trying to figure that out ever since. Here's the question that now troubles me. Many years ago, before my parents met or bought that house, a family member's life ended tragically, leaving a lot of questions and unfinished business. I often thought over the years that if spirits lived on, she would have come back to talk to someone, to offer reassurance or to let us know a little bit more about what happened. That's never happened. And when I've privately asked her if she was around or had anything to say, I've gotten radio silence. It occurred to me to wonder what if what I assumed was an entity associated with that house or that nasty antique Amore I always hated was actually this family member finally coming to communicate. The mean lady's behaviour was so threatening and malicious which seemed really out of character that I didn't consider the possibility till later. Now it, troubles, now it troubles me. What if we actually drove our family member away before she had a chance? If you're willing and able to answer or shed light on this kind of thing, I would be so grateful. Thank you, Kay in the USA. Thanks, Kay in the USA. Thanks, Americano. That was awesome. Good read. Well written. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I don't have anything to say. No, I'm joking. Bullshit. <laughs> Laura's like, what? I wasn't expecting that. I know that to not be true. 
All right, um, Tracy. Okay, so it's it's quite simple, really. The first mean of all, lady. so first of all, the mean lady was not her relative. Okay. Um, the mean lady, for some reason, I keep seeing someone fall downstairs, um, but um, like that would have been a cause of death. However, um, the lady was um, a mean lady. Like she was a um, uh, what are they? Uh, a spinster? 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 Never married, no kids. A spinster. Um, and Nasty. didn't yeah. like kids. Yeah. Um, but from Aww. a long time ago, like, um, probably like, um, because she's wearing black too. So probably, uh, like back in the 1800s. Why pinch kids though? Why I pinch two-year-olds? I don't know. That's so nasty. Yeah. Um, however, with the, um, and, and she's gone, like what they did was fine. She's gone. She, she probably would have gone with much less than that, but it's all good. You can throw the kitchen sink at them. Yeah. And go good on you. Easy. Well yeah. done. Yeah. You saved your little nephew. Yeah. Um, I mean, things like that used to happen to me. Why did she little. show up? Don't uh, it was just there, came and I went. think it's the house. Oh, okay. I think it's the house. Um, or even like the, I'm, I'm seeing the house next door as well. Like if I'm looking at the house from the street, the house to the left as well. She just keeps showing me the house to the left. Um, You're talking to this mean. Well, I'm just I'm not talking to her. I'm Good. just she's just vision. Well, I'm talking but not talking. So I'm yep. just seeing visions. Wow. Um, and I'm trying to interpret the way that she feels about them, but she's okay. not talking to me. Oh, my tummy's talking. Minimal to us. interaction. Jesus. Um, I wonder if the mics just picked up your tummy. I don't know. It sounded like it. Um, Pizza. Yes. Um, but then on the other note with the relative that she mentions, um, first of all, it doesn't work like that. So if it had have been, if the mean lady was in fact that relative that she's thinking maybe it was, um, you can't like banish them forever if they're, they're still connected to you via soul lessons and your growth from then to now and your intention behind understanding what's going on has changed and her energy would be able to find you as long as you're thinking and feeling about her because they come from the realm that that understands the all-knowingness and so they would know that now that you're ready to talk, that to be there. However, the reason why you are probably getting radio silence is because even though you're saying you want to know, I can sense there's still a lot of fear there with Kay from the USA. Which would be understandable giving this religious background. Potentially, yeah. Um, but also potentially the fear that she's um, done something bad to the spirit if it was her relative um, and feels bad. So it's really just a vibrational, um, like the fear could be a multitude of different reasons, but it's a, it's a vibration of fear that is too low to be able to connect. Plus you're not a medium <laughs> yes, and you don't have heightened psychic abilities. So she's probably there. Um, and you're just not able to connect. And that's where most people fall over because most people think that in order to be able to do what I do, they just have to get a stronger connection with spirit. Uh-uh, it's wrong. You've got it around the wrong way. You have to have your human self clear to be able to just hear what's already there. Um, it's not 
it's not done the other way around. Like you have to clear it and it's all always there. You just start hearing it when you're clear. It's like we're all walking around in our silent rooms. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not. Yes, you are not. <laughs> yeah, I had to just take my headphone off my yep. ear actually because I just had this intense ringing yeah. in my left ear as well. So And left is spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. Fair. But yeah. Yeah. So, um, Kay, I cannot speak to your ancestor. She's not coming through to talk to me, which I tried. Um, but I hope that those um, those explanations and, and, and bringing some awareness to what's going on there helps. Yeah. And just knowing that it definitely wasn't the mean lady was not your ancestor. Yeah. Like you thought yourself. Yeah. And it doesn't work that way. So don't ever worry. Anyone else that's listening, if you've ever had the same thought, don't worry about it. It does just doesn't work that way. They have like they have no ego over there to just go, no, fuck off. You you shunned me last time. Why would I come back and speak to you? They're not gonna no, do that too. Yeah. They're not gonna do that. They can't do that. They might have a giggle and go, ha. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do they? Oh. Yeah. I was sort of joking and you're like, yeah. Sometimes they do. <laughs> if they would do that in real life, then they would do that up there. Well, sometimes they do it um, in, like I think I might have spoken, it's vague because sitting in this chair I say lots of things and I don't know whether I'm saying it to you in the podcast or whether I'm saying it to people. Yeah. But um, the they do have a sense of humour and sometimes it's more of a, I'm going to tell you a little bit, but. I'm not going to tell you all of it, but I'm going to give you a hint about what to do. And, like, it's so frustrating because I have to sit here and I'm like, shit. So I can give you the beginning and I can give you the end, but I can't give you the middle bit because you have to live it. Like, you have to go and figure out what they're talking about. It's like a riddle. Speaks in riddles. Mm. And sometimes it's intentional and sometimes it's just my, I can't interpret what they're saying and it feels like a riddle, but it's not. Their intention is not a riddle, but I'm just not doing my job properly or I just can't figure it out. Maybe it's not for you to figure everything out. Yeah. Just. Yeah. I don't, I don't hold it. Like it's yeah. not something that I worry about too much. It's just frustrating in a way because I like to be able to give. But um, yeah, sometimes they've got a sense of humor that is quite funny. And yeah. Cheeksy. Yeah. They can be very cheeky. <laughs> they can flirt. Um, they can do lots of things. <laughs> They're funny. Yeah. And they can um, let people's secrets out a little bit. Yeah. See, that confuses me as well. Why? You know, um, we were talking about spirit guides mm. in the other ep and you're talking about, oh, I think I was asking you about spirit guides speaking to other spirit guides and how you were just able to hear that oh, yeah. constant chatter. Mm. That's not within that one person's highest good to have our spirit guides talking to your spirit guides and telling us, telling you everyone's deepest, darkest secrets. Why is it not for their highest good? Well, how could it it's be? The truth. Because I'm a psychic and, and people are coming to me to understand. Not if they're just truth. walking down beside you in coals. Like before you had boundaries, like when you weren't working, but you were you were growing up and you can hear everything. It wasn't for your high school or their high school, was no, it? No, because it doesn't work like that. So you have to choose for it to be for your highest good. That's the difference between light and dark. Yeah. It's the same with people like me. Like I could use my abilities for dark if I wanted to. Of course, yeah. So that's a choice to be in the light. So it was always just giving you a choice. It's always a choice. Everyone has the choice. But people don't know that they're walking past you in coals and that that's going on. I don't really understand. I don't really um, 
I don't really know if it's all if it was always their spirit guides giving me that or their people in spirit. Oh, I suppose so. It could have been either. Because it was just incoming information. Yeah. And you were just being you. And there was no framework for me. Yeah. It was yep. just it's, it's there and I know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. it wasn't no, until I got, I got yep. the, the words, the language, the structure, the framework, the development behind it that I was able to go, okay, now I can break it down and I know what's happening and how it's <sighs> happening and why it's happening where it's coming from. So it was just... All this information. Yeah, it's just Not there. necessarily spirit guide. No. but So there's Got spiritual to. guides and spirit guides and it would Got have been to. coming from all of them. Yeah. Okay. But I know it from my spirit guides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it comes through them. Yes. It's the voice. Well, excellent. The man behind the smoke screen. I'm going, oh, I got you under how many listeners are going, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if I've confused anybody more. I'm sitting here scratching my head going, hang on a minute, I have to work backwards. Like I have to, because it is such a natural thing for me. Yeah. From the beginning. to you. Yeah. It only makes sense in reverse. Yeah. In hindsight. Well, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave it at that. I think we've, you know, brought you this far. (laughs) Email your questions in. Get touch on all the socials. The information's coming up. Yeah. Like, follow, share, review, subscribe. Join the tribe. Join our tribe. Join the tribe. Thanks to all you wonderful listeners. We love you and we'll see you next time. Bye. If you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a Gmail at tospsychic at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at turns out underscore she's psychic and over on Facebook at tospodcast.